What did it say? Marker created. Huh. Oh. I, I'm, I'm supposed to be able to do that, but every time I hit B, it says we couldn't create a marker. That's weird. Um, but I think that only shows like on here. When I upload it, I don't think it happens. But anyways, welcome to episode 69 of the Retake Lounge and happy Get that grin off your face, Lucas. Come on. Act I professional. Trying, I was trying not to. We've been doing this a my, year. <laughs> over a year. Coming yeah. up on a year and a half. Yeah, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. This is we thought we did this last year, but we didn't. We we didn't. So new tradition here at the Retick Lounge. We just wanna give thanks for everything that the Retick Lounge has done for us over the last little bit, over a year, like Lucas said. Um and yeah, just kinda BS for a little bit. Yeah, shoot the shit. This is gonna be the most like maybe non retic related episode. So if you guys are here for like good retic information you can exit now um we're we're shooting the shit obviously going to talk about things we're grateful for and and thankful for and and any snake talk that that comes up we'll we'll do that but um one thing that i definitely just want to start off this episode with in regards to thanks as we always do at the beginning and end of our episodes is our patreon um you guys literally um i i don't know if i can speak for nathan on this i'm sure he'll he'll chime in but um I you mean, the in-person episode, would that have happened necessarily without them? I don't think so. No, 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 no. But I just, I, I was going to say, um, they're a large reason why I, like, I feel compelled to keep doing this. Because, um, as as you know, this is not easy, putting out an episode every week um, when life happens and stress happens. and um, But our Discord is popping every single day, and they're supportive. Um, so just thankful for all of you guys that that still tune in still deal with us um and that have a good time on the discord uh so yeah i mean i don't know about you nathan i mean like i feel compelled to want to keep doing this but i I feel like having a big community on our patreon like definitely helps me on the days where i'm like i got a lot on my plate yeah i mean when i when i sit down to record these episodes i'm i'm thinking about them most of the time just because those are the people i'm getting feedback from right right so if you want to tell us how much we suck it's five dollars a month (laughs) (laughs) it's really cheap to (laughs) chime in yeah um and then for you patreon members listening as well we just started adding additional content so nathan and i typically shoot the shit for about 15 20 minutes before each episode and that is now going to be available on Patreon to hear us um, BS and uh, talk about our families or whatever's going on in our life. Yeah, it gets weird sometimes. So it does. I, I figured, why not record it and put it out for everyone that pays to be there? Yeah, um, Nathan, I went on TikTok Live for the first time today, and I just want to say I've never felt older in my life. Yeah, it tends to do that to you. I've done it once or twice. I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Um and how, how does how does the TikTok work? I, I I've watched a couple videos. Come across a few lives. When I come across the lives, I, I you know, some some of the stuff throws me off quite a bit. Like I saw two people just acting like NPCs today. Dude, I it, that's all over the place and these guys are making like 100 It looks like they're making dollars a month. Yeah, it looks like they're doing just fine. Like they're just like 
and just saying the same stuff over and over. I'm, okay. Yeah. It must it's, satisfy some some kind of like ASMR itch. Yeah, I don't know. Psychologist Lucas, please tell me more. I, I can't tell you because I'm not going to lie. I've clicked it before and I've like tuned in. Don't tell I, me you sat there and watched it. I was there for 30 seconds thinking about okay. leaving. And then once I was in for 30 seconds, next thing I know, like four minutes went by and I was like, I got to get off. It, <laughs> you just get reeled. You're like, when are they going to crack? When are they going to mess up? It's weird. Um, but yeah, there's there's only really a few people I see killing it on TikTok. One of them is Josh over in California. Um, Josh in California. With um, South Bay Reptiles. Oh yeah, um, he's like. I haven't seen any. Him. I I used to see him a lot. I I have to give a, a local shout out to Luxor Reptiles because he's also huge. That's the other one I was. Well, say. I I mean I think it's his wife more than anything. She'll she'll sit on there for most of the day. Uh, what was it? I think like Halloween. Anytime I opened TikTok that day that night. She was there, like outfit changes, b battling people. Like yeah. it, it's all over my head. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And actually, just talking about like TikTok and everything and social media in general. Um, one thing that I want to talk about in terms of like wrapping up the year and like Thanksgiving coming along the way is, um, I have, uh, you know, there's been things going on in my personal life, not bad or anything, but just, you know, a new job change and, and family and my daughter growing up. And, um, I've told myself this in the past and I, I really do want to focus on this moving forward, but super thankful for the people I have like around me in life. And I, I really need to focus on enjoying that more and being on social media less. Um, Nathan jokes with me all the time. Like, I don't know how you're as active and engaged. Um, and yeah, I'm at the point right now where I don't know if you can even see it in my face, but I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> I'm exhausted. Luke, Lucas needs parental controls against himself. <laughs> right. I need my wife to set up like the, the block, like, uh, uh, what is it? Screen monitoring screen only, time, only, only 90, 90 minutes a day. Uh, you're going to go in and adjust that immediately. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's hard. Even even when like the stress of the Samson Pruitt stuff came up and I said I was gonna scale back, I did a good amount, but like I I um I was still on there more than I originally had planned to and um that that dopamine hit is definitely true about social media, but I was going somewhere and I lost it, so never mind. But but yeah, I just I um I don't know. I also make myself, I think, way too available. <laughs> you do. You need to learn to give yourself a little bit of a break, especially from the social media aspect of it. I mean, Nathan keeps me accountable. He does. I mean, accountable in the sense where, you know, he doesn't tell me to not do it, but he does throw it in my face. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you have a lot on your plate. You have a big collection. You have a family. You have the adjustment of the new job. So, I mean, keeping up the pace that you were online when you were settled in your other job, I think that's yeah. also pretty tough too. So it put into perspective how big my collection was. I was chatting at literally I'm still back and forth on Messenger with Eric and um we were he he said his number of retakes that he has. And I was like, That's not including the hatchlings you have for sale, right? And he's like, No, that is and I was like, Why do I have more retakes than you right now? I was like, This is not okay. Um 
so that that put into perspective too okay yeah this is this is news to me i'm i'm I am thankful this year that my collection still is manageable. It still hasn't grown besides your holdback from this year. Yeah, I mean, but that that's pretty manageable. Um You would have had one more if you didn't get screwed, but we won't talk about that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Took a second. It, yeah, it clicked. No, it rhymes yeah. with Framfrax. Uh-huh. <laughs> Oh, he looks so good still. Um, I'm no, I mean, I'm I'm thankful for our Patreon community. Um, I'm thankful for the amount of engagement we get with people uh, in person. Uh, going to the reptile shows, hearing about people that are listening to the show, uh, hearing people even in my personal life, uh, clients coming in, uh, reptile people or not that are saying that they sit down and listen to an episode. I mean, that that's huge for me. That's, that's cool that you're, you're taking your time and, you know, listening to something, even if it's not totally for you. Yeah. And while we're on it, I want to give a thanks to our sponsors, which we'll cut to right now. Whether you're just getting into retics or you've been breeding for years, the first place you want to visit is Stuart Design. More and more breeders keep showing up at shows on Morph Market and are all over social media. Sometimes it may feel possible to get anyone's attention. Stewart Designs helps small businesses like yours do big things through brand clarity, helping entrepreneurs to start and scale businesses that are easy to know and love. Their work can help any company or industry, but they've done a ton of work for ours. Stewart Design created the brands for US Arc, Canova, Reach Out Reptiles, Coiled, and dozens of other well-known reptile breeders. Like many of us, the owner of Stewart Design, Blake, is a keeper and breeder who fell in love with retics through first working with Garrett Hartle. Although Stewart Design does a lot of corporate work, Blake has a passion for working with people in the reptile industry. Stewart Design can help if you're just getting started or you're ready to take things to the next level, you're struggling to stand out and build your presence online or at shows, you don't want to be like the other guys or get lost in the crowd, and you want to make your own way doing what you love. And also, you have big ideas and know your business is special but you need help sharing it with the reptile community. If something here resonates with you, reach out to Blake and have a conversation. To learn more or get started, visit stuartdesignbrands.com or call them at 855-SD-LOGOS. Clear brands own markets. Stuart Design helps create them. If you are in the market for an enclosure for your reticulated python or any other one of your reptiles, Focus Cubed Habitats is your one-stop shop for not only the best-looking cages on the market, but also provide amazing features and add-ons to your cages. We partnered with Focus Cubed Habitats because they continue to innovate and change the way we house our animals unlike any other caging company out there. Their cages are designed intelligently and provide the most stylish and secure housing for your animals' comfort and well-being. Visit focuscubedhabitats.com for your animals' caging needs. Again, visit focuscubedhabitats.com for some amazing and stylish enclosures. We also want to thank VivTech Products for being an affiliate sponsor of the Retic Lounge. Stop by VivTech Products for the best UV spectrum lighting on the market that will enhance and improve your snake's overall well-being and health. 
Visit VivTechProducts.com and use the code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Again, visit VivTechProducts.com and use our affiliate code RETICLOUNGE23 today for 15% off. Looking for the perfect accessories for your hatchlings or juvenile retics? Look no further than Heli Guy Serpents. Our sponsor, Chris Sexton, is coming in hot with an amazing 3D printer, creating top-notch perches and other caging accessories for your beloved pets. Enrich your retics environment with their high-quality products. Use our promo code TRL10 for a 10% discount on your purchase. Visit them today at heliguyserpents.com and start giving your pets the best. Heliguy Serpents, the premier source for 3D printed caging accessories. Again, that's www.heliguyserpents.com and use our promo code TRL10 for 10% off all of your 3D printed accessories today. Perfect time to drop the sponsors. Look at you. We're a year, a little over a year in, and you're almost sounding like a podcaster. It's weird. There you go. Um, <laughs> I'm listening to more podcasts, so I'm, I'm learning and trying to grow as I can. Which, by the way, I know that you listen occasionally to, to Joe Rogan. He just came out with an awesome episode with The Rock. If if there's comedians involved, I'm I'm listening to it generally. So they they talked a lot about health, working out, physical health, uh, mental health, and uh, some other crazy topics as well. Um, and uh, they got to get in a workout together. It was a really cool episode. But oh yeah, I've listened to maybe like the first thirty minutes of that. It's it's getting pretty good. But they're they're working out with Shane Gillis, who's yep. <laughs> Shane's. <laughs> I, I'm thankful for Shane Gillis this year. He's uh, provided a, a, a lot of serotonin, so they uh, they go into detail a, a little later in the episode about how they, um, you know, they they want to go, but they go only when they choose to go, and they complain, and but they they get after it. I don't know; it's cool, but I I, I enjoy those type of episodes from his podcast where they talk about health, well being, fitness. Um, they they had a Huberman lab. Um, uh, what's his name? Andrew Huberman. Yeah, uh, they had him on, and uh, that episode just like yeah gets it going. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's a, it's a joke or not, but he says that he's Tom Segura's cousin. I don't know either. That'd be interesting to find out. Um, but back to snake talk. Um, you want to know what I'm thankful? What are, for? What are you thankful for in your collection, Lucas? Um. Requ what like what what's been some like highlights of the year for you like successes that kind of thing that you know are keeping you going and keeping you talking about retics snakes in general yeah i hate to not give like the generic answer that people who know me would expect from me but it's really the locality stuff um i recently was able to get a pure philippine tribal um, and I'm selling that clutch for Sean McFarlane. And it, it just like, when you think you've kind of reached a point of like being happy with locality stuff. And then you, like, I saw that animal. I, it just, it, it was like getting my first locality animal all over again. Um, it, they're just insane looking. And the fact that it's a pure Philippine, it's like, that was awesome. But, but yeah, I said it from the beginning this year, like well before my season started, if I could hit my pure Solaire clutch and nothing else, this year would be my favorite year of breeding. 
And right now, it seems like everything else that I'm pairing right now is not working out the best. Uh, it's still early, but I have that Solaire clutch in the incubator. That how are they looking? Perfect. Good. And uh, r- remind me how far along they are. They are about. Um, if I had to give a guess, uh, it's well, right around New Year's that they are expected, right? Yeah. So they uh, were laid on the fifth of October. So we're talking about one, two, three, four, five, six. So six times seven is forty-two, forty-three, forty-five days today. And I was about to say forty-five days. Okay. So we're halfway there. Yeah, you're getting to the home stretch. I mean, you're going to be so busy with holiday stuff anyway that yeah. it'll be it'll be a breeze. I, yeah, and I think that like continuing to talk about just like thankful for with this is as the market has slowed down and the economy sucks, um, and I have a lot of retics. Um, super thankful for the realization that what really fuels me is like the locality stuff. And I've, I've thought about and made the decision after this season of doing some important, uh, morph pairings that I'll have some holdbacks, but I'm going to be getting rid of all my morph animals. Um, and, uh, slimming down the collection to just be able to appreciate and spend more time with them. Um, and, focus on my locality stuff while I, you know, the side project is the triple het annery ghost ocelot stuff that that's going to be the triple head. And then I'll make the, so don't, know. don't start messaging him about his ocelot that he shows off all the time. He's not going anywhere. No, I mean, after this season, <laughs> I, I, after this season, I decided I was going to price him at what his value is, which no one right now is paying that kind of money for. Yeah. And I'm going to keep him there priced at that. And when someone wants him, it's he's yours. But in the meantime, I'll use him for every other locality that I have. <laughs> yep. There, there's all, there's always a price. Always a price. And, and at the end of the well, day, he is such a beautiful animal that if I happen to keep one more... <laughs> I'm sure you have a couple there's no price for, but... Yeah, my wild-caught animals get off, don't even mm-hmm. ask. Um, my coyote, my first retake, don't ask. Um, and, um, yeah, probably uh, my male slayer, don't think about it. Um, yeah, there's there's probably a handful that, um, yeah, you'd have to kill me if you want. Um, also thankful for my new venture in green tree pythons. Yeah. I was, I was waiting for that one to hit. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to like, you know, I could talk about them for days. Like I've always been able to, and I've always bit my tongue, but, um, I don't think you should hold back. I mean, it's, it's the retake lounge. Sure. But I mean, I don't, I don't mind chatting about some, some green tree pythons here and there. Yeah. I mean, one went to five within no time. Um, and, but I'm, I am like at like my garage and my caging and everything that I have set up is where it's, it's at. And unless I open up the garage, I remove the metal rack. I bulletproof insulate the garage door. Um, I'm not getting any more enclosures really, uh, in there anytime soon. So, uh, I don't plan on growing in that ass in that area for a while. Um, and yeah, it's, it's like kind of sparked the kid in me again it's a whole new 
species I'm keeping for the first time. I'm learning as I go. I had like a little panic that happened with one of my chondros and then it shed and it was completely fine. And I was like, oh, here we go again. Like the, the yep. nervous Nelly type of thing where you feel like you don't know what you're doing, but it, at the end of the day, it's a freaking snake. And hey, hey, a shed with a neo green tree is a lot dicier than a, a shed with a neo retex. Well, so. it, it had a white spot like on its lip. And I thought I was overspraying and it was fungus and all this kind of stuff. And then it shed and it went away. And I was like, oh. (laughs) Um, And that snake is like becoming, it's like black is coming in, that animal from Bill. And it comes from Jaeger who sired. Yeah, I haven't haven't seen a picture of it in a couple weeks. So, yes, you, you had, so you just haven't been on social media? uh not not a ton it's well especially this week it's been busy so i want to give you i'm gonna send you the most recent photos after the shed and i want you to give our audience a a live breathing like a a live like just well no be honest don't 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 but i mean zoom in a live reaction yeah live reaction zoom in and look at i'm just gonna send you just a few right now but Anything else you're you're thankful for while you're sending those over that you want to hit on? Um, as far as like personal life, your your collection, anything? I mean, thankful for my new job. That's for sure. Uh, my new job is great. Um, Has that adjustment been good? Yeah, it's an adjustment, and it's uh, it's a lot different than I was doing before. And uh, like tomorrow, Monday, um, is going to be a. Uh, I have a new patient that I'm getting and then I'm also leading groups for the first time this upcoming week and on a short week. So there's, there's a lot that is going to be going on. Uh, so I'm a little kind of, you know, my, my, my nerves are there, but they're all, I've been there before in this profession and it always ends up fine. I mean, at the end of the day, if my patients are safe, it's going to be okay. Yeah. Um, so uh, but but I'm excited so, for that. I, I know you want my live reaction, and I'm I'm just looking at them now. Yeah. Good amount of black speckling. It's amazing how perspective makes that animal look so much bigger than it is. Oh, because it's so tiny, right? Uh, I, I mean, I'm sure it's gotten some good size since the last time I saw it. In, A little bit. In the start of October or whatever. So, yeah, looks, dude, dark dark i'm gonna try to pull up some images here i'll try to i mean if you can imagine like that like sunburst orange to like a dark dark red on top that's what i'm seeing the contrast is so great and then yeah there's definitely evidence of some black speckling but now that black go green you never know yeah yeah i mean i want to see the real big color change and that's when i'm gonna start getting like excited me too yeah and i'm super how, and, how long does that take again i mean for red neos it can happen at like the eight to 12 month mark and then i have beox here that beox are known for taking a long time that can literally like the the big, i'm talking this one specifically just because it probably about the... probably probably about a year mark and it's okay. seven months old i believe okay yeah it's it's gonna be exciting and come like february patience man and that's another thing that i need i need to be thankful for and need to work on is patience (laughs) okay yeah i mean i mean my life this last year it's been i mean lucas you know better probably than anyone else you spend you spend the most time with me outside of the the people i work with uh day to day Mm -hmm. but uh 
you know, being as we're usually unwinding at the end of the night and we're, you know, texting throughout the day, I, I would say you're, you're kind of the person that's hearing all my shit. And there, <laughs> there's been a lot of it this year, but I'm, I think first and foremost, I'm, I'm just thankful for, you know, it doesn't always feel like growth sometimes, but the growth I've been able to have this year, uh, taking yeah. care of all, all my responsibilities, just solo, um, you know, still maintaining the size of collection that I had, uh, and you know, I, I'm, I feel like we've been able to sustain the podcast through everything. So it, it's been just a, a year of growth. So thankful for you, buddy. <laughs> yeah, I am. I really yeah. Am. Yeah. The podcast in general, I mean, literally, and I, I don't mean to sound cheesy, but I'm, I'm fucking, I'm proud of us. Like this has been, uh, a venture. Like it, it's been ups and downs and wax and waning and, and we've still been consistent. And, um, for any of you that like are thinking, I want to start a podcast and, you know, put out weekly episodes. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say don't do it, but it's just don't expect it to be easy at all. I no, mean, it, I could only imagine doing a solo podcast. I mean, could you could you imagine trying to sit down for an hour and record every week just coming up solo? No, you, I don't have that motivation in myself. Like if yeah. it wasn't for you and... And There's I'm sure, so and much I'm, that goes into it. Yeah, and I'm sure if it wasn't for me on your part, like this, this wouldn't like for people that do solo podcasts. Like, kudos to you. I don't have the, yeah, don't don't have the drive to, to do that. I think Nathan and I have been a good accountability partner for each other. Accountability buddies. Accountability buddies. That's amazing. Where'd you hear that? I can't remember. It's from some movie or something. Some podcast episode. Oh, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. It was a weight loss challenge, I think, but they needed accountability buddies and yeah. Dude, I speaking of podcasts, hold on. I need to to go into this YouTube channel real quick. Um I've been trying to catch up and trying to watch more episodes of um always it's Kill Tony. Kill Tony is what I watch religiously. A, and that's why I've been, I've kind of been doing that to kind of like, right. And bro, some of them are so cringy with the comedians that come on stage. Oh, that was the one that I recently watched with Post Malone on stage. Most Cologne. Yeah. And um, those things are so painfully funny to get through. All right. He has a, a Canes here in Utah. So I have the Posty cup. That's Just, pretty badass. Yeah. Um, I love Post Malone, man, but I, I swear he, sometimes looks so drugged up <laughs> he was not expecting to go up on stage um and he just looks so faded but love that dude um but yeah i've been watching that more and it's hard like it's funny as hell but also like painfully funny it's that awkward painful funny sometimes that's what i told you like stage. if there's tickets available i'm buying tickets let's, i have a it, i have a cousin who lives out there who loves comedy uh theron's out there you're an hour away so yeah as soon as tickets are available i'm uh i'm forcing a trip on everyone i'll start checking freaking daily dude well it, i mean it's just through their instagram they'll let you know when tickets become available they sell out really fast right now december 30th 
for Kill Tony. Yep, HEB Center at Cedar it, Park. I thought that was even sold out, but that's the that's the big uh, like Kill Tony special for uh, New Year's. I think they're doing it until yeah. midnight. They they only have back rows, but I mean tickets as low as forty five bucks, dude. What are we doing? Oh, don't tell me this. What Lucas. are we doing? I'm not thankful that Luke Lucas just told me that. Um, but no, uh, back to that list. I mean, in in terms of my collection, I mean, yeah, just thankful every everything's still healthy and thriving. But I uh, thankful for this clutch. And I say that with a little hesitation in my voice, sure, but I. <laughs> That's just because it's it was a big learning year with this clutch. Uh, you know, some some had oh, hard that was, belly. That was, that was your first clutch that you raised. Yeah, fully fully raised, but you know they also had you know a, a handful of them had some issues with hard belly where they weren't wanting to eat on their own. Had a few failure to thrive that just never you know could digest properly, and you know had only one go out to a. a good friend of ours um that ended up being one of my strongest eaters and just you know unfortunately passing so i mean it's been a big learning year but i i'm thankful for all the learning that i've gotten with this clutch it is it like when you get thrown into the ringer and you have a first clutch and you have issues um like and i'll say this again like my my first clutch was that pure calatoa clutch that only two survived and then one died after but that was force feeding. That was tying an umbilical cord with dental floss. Mm-hmm. Um, that was force feeding for three months. And, you know, I, I only have, I still have the one female here that, that survived. And um, you, you, it kind of wakes you up to the reality of like being a animal breeder, not just snake mm-hmm. breeder, but, but an animal <clears throat> breeder that it gets ugly um, and sad. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I had I had some depressing days for sure, but I mean, the 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 stuff you learn in having to deal with an animal that you know doesn't want to eat on its own, or you know, it, it's not that you you want to keep doing that as a practice, but it's a it's an important thing to have in your back pocket, I guess. Yeah, I and you know what, I even have some. I have some pushers right now in the hatchling rack and it it made me think when we were talking about that, that it still bothers me and it still like hurts. And I I hope I don't become one of those breeders that just gets jaded and it's just like, eh, just a baby retake that's struggling with health. Like I I hope it continues to always bother me. Um, Yeah. Cause I'm sure there's people out there that have been doing this for so long or have had so many experiences that they get jaded um, and it's kind of the same thing in the counseling world, right? Like when, when therapists start to get jaded and, and, you know, if a client tells you or a patient tells you that they're suicidal and like, you don't feel that like something's up, like you need to probably take some time off and reflect. Um, and it's one of those things, anytime you lose a, a hatchling or uh, a neonate, it's, uh, I feel like you should always feel that. Yeah. Yeah. You feel it. You definitely start to feel it in a a different way. So I wouldn't say I become jaded to it at all, but you know, um, you, you start to understand what's happening and you know, it's, it's stuff. I I think 
I did my best to avoid any of the failure to thrive animals, but you know, they just weren't, they weren't meant to be. And the one that, you know, was eating great and, you know, just failure to thrive out of nowhere. It's, it's unfortunate, but I, we won't ever really know with that animal. And, and, that's and why... that could just be a, a one in, you know, yeah. that just an unlucky animal in well, that clutch. Before I even say what I was going to say, like, how crazy is that? Like, yeah. for those of you that don't know the story, Nathan, I'll let you kind of tell it if you want. Um, but it, it just, that blows my mind that that kind of stuff happens. Yeah. I mean, uh, this, like I said, there were some animals with hard belly in the clutch that needed to be palpated to make sure that they were fully, uh, passing all their meals before they could be fed again, just to reduce the risk of, you know, death from impaction or anything like that. Uh, this was not one of those animals. This animal was eating every week on the dot was gaining calories, just fine eating pooping growing everything you want to see from an animal yeah it was a thriving animal yeah um and then after it was established for a few months sent it out to a really good friend of ours um and just got a text you know i think a month and a half two months later he said he fed it I uh, had to go on a, a little work thing for the weekend, I believe. Um, cleaned its cage. It was pooping, shedding, eating just fine. Um, fed it, went on his work vacation, came back three days later, and it was dead in the tub. Yeah. No, no sign of digestion issues, like no black spot in the belly. Um, but it was three days late, so... We don't know when that animal passed during that time. And it's unfortunately too late for a necropsy at that point. So yeah, you were just both unfortunately at a loss. And, you know, at that moment, I'm thankful for my mentors. I, I reached out to Chris McVicker and, you know, just explained the situation and just asked him his opinion on it. And, you know, there's he said, unfortunately, it's not very common, but, you know, I've, he's had animals where they're showing signs of being great animals growing great and then just out of nowhere pass so it could be something like that it could have been digestion issues who who knows yeah and so uh, it just it was a it was a sucky situation but also important to go through yeah it's um it's funny how like you know with with animals and breeding it's you learn the most when shit goes wrong unfortunately so right um and uh yeah i think that oh what was i gonna say um what were you saying right before that um about oh babies yeah like about feeding and failure to thrive and um i and that's the reason why i stopped force feeding um it's because i realized that i i, I it was so stressful for me that very first experience that i just didn't want to is my light flickering something's happening yep I don't know if it's just your camera adjusting or if your light's flickering. No, it's flickering. It's flickering. Oh, well. Um, but, um, yeah, so I had, I had like, uh, I had two babies this year that died because I, I just, I refused to force feed. They didn't take frozen thawed, um, didn't take live and just slowly, that was hard to watch. Just kind of the, like slow death 
I've seen them get skinny and um but yeah but yeah that that's yeah it is it is kind of rewarding seeing a baby that was you know at the point of needing assist feeding to going to lives i believe on the this last tiger that i still have oh yeah um, to frozen thought right like that that jump is really nice to see but you know it's also an animal that i'm not selling at the price i would sell that tiger for yeah and i just um yeah i i think that um that yeah that first year for me was traumatic i just made that commitment to not do that again but i don't i don't I don't, you know, anybody that does force feed, I have nothing against it. Um, especially when, you know, we're producing. It's, it's not something you want to do. And if you have a big clutch of animals and if a bunch of them are needing it, it's a, you know. Pain in the ass. Yeah. Um, but I mean, yeah. luckily it was only like, I want to say the whole time it was five animals out of the 17 animal clutch. So. Yeah. I mean, that's. A decent number, but I mean, manageable with the size of your collection. But yeah, I mean, for me, it has nothing to do with time or anything. It's more just like the the kind of mental exhaustion. I have to kind of prepare myself for some of that because I know that a lot of people in the Green Tree Python community will force feed, especially for Neos that look incredible. Um, and force feeding a little yeah. tiny, fragile, delicate... I, I couldn't I imagine. I, I, I'm gonna be a, a baby, a baby super dwarf. You've seen. I mean, I sent yeah. you that tiger. She wasn't much smaller when she hatched out of the egg. And could you imagine? I mean, I, force feeding it's... that, but then not going over to Bills and seeing how tiny they are. All the little neonates and imagining, because yeah, he he said it with no sweat coming out. <laughs> I'm you, gonna you know, force you, feed these babies tomorrow. I'm like, you're gonna do. You you like, know you know um. I was listening to a podcast uh, and someone was talking about like when it comes to force feeding is making sure like pinkies, the size of the pinky that you're feeding these guys is so disgusting and messy force feeding that this guy, what he does is he takes the legs of like adult mice and he'll sit there with forceps and he cuts the fur off to where it's just the muscle and bone. And that's what he force feeds so that there's the, the calcium and the muscle and the connective tissue. And so he's sitting there surgically removing the freaking. What's, what's the point of removing the fur though? Um, I just, I guess with how fragile those animals are, I mean, I, I could imagine that it just, I don't know, might be too taxing. I mean, in the wild, okay. when they're that young, they're not eating anything with fur on it. And I don't know if you've ever seen a retic or any animal that you've had shit and you'll see remnants of fur. Yeah. So fur just doesn't really digest really great for most animals. And so for our first few meals, probably not the best. Okay. I see. Um, And it just probably goes down a lot easier. Um, But, but yeah, I I heard that and I was like, that's a lot. (laughs) Like that, that's like you're doing surgery on a le- like you are amputating a limb and then you are cutting it and opening it up like that's pretty freaking intense, man. Well, I mean uh, the the fish oil supplements. I mean how people will insert those into the the rectum of of their feeders. I always thought that was gross. Oh, I've when done I that first probably, saw that. I've done that probably like 
I, I had my, my female attorney had like a tiny mini prolapse, uh-huh. not even a full prolapse, but like a centimeter that would just stick out after she pooped for a while. And dude, I was shoving fish oil pills up rat's ass for like three months. <laughs> but I mean, it's after strange. after assist feeding and having a, a mouse as your assist feeding have its guts, you can see it happening too, rising up towards the back and yep. eventually pop on oh, you. Disgusting. Dude, I have no, I, I'll, I'll have no problem ever having to do the fish oil pill thing. <laughs> oh no, no, no. You, you want to know what's the most disgusting shit that I've had to deal with? Um, and I guess I didn't have to deal too much with it besides next day clean the the bedding out, but I had a pig pop. Oh. I had a pig pop, God. and I am not thankful for that. And I am not thankful so, for that. So just the force of the constriction? Yep. Oh, because when no. you're feeding, when you're feeding what, pigs how, two how, pounds, how big? When you're feeding pigs two pounds or less, they, they're, they're very, very delicate in the middle. Um, they don't so have a lot like of So this was like a pound structure. and a half or Yeah, it was probably like one point seven five pounds. That's like oh. a very common size I have in my freezer. Um and just I remember feeding it, it wrapping and hearing the pop. And I oh, I, I was like no. and, and I sat there and watched the snake finish guts coming up in and all and over eating, the animal i'm all sure over the snake all over but like it finished all the guts finished the entire thing and there was just a big spatter of blood that i cleaned the next day it was just blood there yeah, were no, no guts, guts or anything no, it that... ate everything oh, it, i guess that's attached. lucky but what so was the smell like the next day because there's no way you're cleaning no that right away no smell oh my okay yeah, thankful for that portion, but but thankful seeing, for that for sure. Vis- visually seeing that and visually seeing a snake slurp up intestines, it's the oh, last yeah. last thing I wanted to ever see. Yeah, I got I got cocky with one of my assist feedings and only wore one glove on the finger <laughs> that I was forcing the first part of the animal down <laughs> with, and then I go, then I finish it up with the forceps, and yeah, the other hand securing the animal pop and guts just flow over my finger and i'm just like i deserve that i i deserve that every bit of that i i deserve this is what you new breeders have to look forward to it's not a matter of if but when yeah yeah if if i could have told my younger reptile loving self the things i would go through right (laughs) who knows if we'd still be here but um i will say i'd probably be like man you you can deal with a lot more than you can now but all right, let's I will go for say, it. I will say from an outside looking in, seeing you manage that clutch, there was a lot of growth that happened there. Yeah, I mean, it, it just sets in stone. Like if I had all the money in the world, all the free time in the world, I still think I would keep it around this size. Um, I I wouldn't be trying to breed retics heavy. Um, I, I wouldn't be trying to breed any animal heavy. Yeah. Um I, I think this year has just shown me that I'm in it for the love of the reptiles, the stuff that I keep, and, you know, that I can see that expanding a little bit in the future, which is kind of cool. Um, you know, my horse blinders are off with retics. The The idea of a tree monitor was always kind of a distant dream, but now it's, you know, I'm forcing myself to be uncomfortable in, in the idea of growing yeah. and, you know, 
again, almost like you downsizing a little bit with the collection, the stuff that I don't, uh, see myself like really, really focused on and, uh, you know, just continue with working with the stuff that makes me happy to be in this room, you know? I got a couple things that I wanted to say. The first one was that I think you have like who your mentor is and who you choose to have as your mentor um, can influence your perception of what you want to do. For me, there were two people that were my mentor that I started early on in this wanting to be a breeder breeder Mm -hmm. and thinking that this idea of doing it full time was doable. Um, Come to learn and came to the realization on my own that although some people might still think it's possible to just breed retics as a living, I I no longer think that. And so that's why I'm doing the downsizing that I am um, because I had going into this, the breeder mentality um, and thankful for the change of that perception. Now, second thing I was going to say is I'm kind of like, I, I I'm going to be trying to sell some breeders and in this market right now, like no one is spending two, three, four, five thousand dollars on proven breeders. There's a reason I haven't listed proven it's, breeders. Again, I think that... I think I maybe mentioned it once on one of the animals. Uh but I haven't continued trying to push that animal because it's just, it's just not the right time. I right. can like, like, just like that King Cobra guy was saying uh, in one of the forums, trying to find a, a buyer for his animal. He's had that animal for years, but he's not going to let it go until it's the right time, the right buyer, everything like that. And I think it's the same when it comes to a breed or retake of any size. Yeah. And I mean, in the market just isn't there as far as value goes, um, you know, they're they're worth more than what people are willing to pay. And yeah, again, I'm, yeah, I'm of sharing course. my my conversation with with Eric twice now. But me and Eric were talking about that. Eric Eric's down too much inside quite, baseball, Lucas. Right, Eric's downsizing quite a bit, like I am, um, even more so. And it's just one of those things where you know people have animals that they're just ready to move on to the next phase of the project that they're getting rid of. But you know, not, but but they're also like animals no one has. And so how do you how do you sell a $10,000 animal in this economy? So it's one of those things where, you know, if you're in that position, you just better hang on tight. Like your your animals aren't going anywhere anytime soon unless you decide to to undercut, you know, the value of that animal massively, which I'm not a fan of, so I'm not a fan of unless it's the absolute right circumstance. I mean, you know, there's all there's always a, a, a situation where something can work out, but it, yeah, it, like I'm not gonna judge someone if they do it without understanding it, like without walking in their shoes, right? Um, no, I mean, I'm saying like if if I have a breeder that is valued extremely high, let's let's say I'm I'm looking to sell my purple albino, um, you know, ooh, this is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just brought her into this. Uh but I mean, let's say I'm asking what would you say on her? She's a two-time proven breeder, uh 62.5% Kalatoa purple Het Snow. Uh, Het Snow. Um I wouldn't list her for less than 7500. Yeah, I was thinking closer to 10 or 12. Yeah, I wouldn't list her for a penny less. I would list her for 10 
and maybe go down to eight. But I mean, that's yeah. So and, let's let's say someone really close to me who's working a project that I really believe in or just know would be a fantastic fit for the animal. There's a lot of wiggle room. <laughs> you said a lot. I was thinking. Well, I'm I'm just trying to put a, a random scenario out there. No, that's I, that's very that. very and, hypothetical. And that that cause, cause purple's say, going nowhere. Let's say her value seventy five or a ten thousand, right? Yeah. Um, you know, but at the end of the day, for most people, if someone you know and you're close to, and has a good vision with her, and you can keep track on her. Yeah. Like I'm not going to turn down 5000 cash. Like I'm not turning down no. 5000. Like that's that's I don't at the end of the day and and you guys can give me all the shit in the world for this for for those of you like high-end breeders but You're crashing the retake market, Lucas. Shut up. No, $5000 is 5000. This is a this is an animal with no legs. Okay? I'll give you I'll give you a, a How a, Lucas a, is crashing the I'll retake a, market. A thousand, 101 is what we're titling this episode. A $1000 discount for each leg it doesn't have. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, I'm just, I don't know. I mean, you know, they're, 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 they're snakes and that's, that's why, um, but don't get me wrong. I'm also not for, oh man, like we can, we can go into, this is public and people are talking about this. We can talk about Bob Clark's 50% off everything on his website and the damage that that might be doing to some people's like, I, no, I, I know I'm just poking the bear a little bit. I, I have a very close friend, a great friend of mine who just spent five or $6,000 on a blue hypo on Bob Clark. And now that same animal on his website is now 50% off. Do you, I would, I would be hunting him down. <laughs> I would be livid. I mean, uh, uh, I, I don't know. I see both sides of the coin, I guess, here. What's the other side? I, I mean, the economy. He's not selling snakes, too. I whoa, mean, whoa, whoa, whoa. He just... Oh, man. Should I even drop this? Oh, um, God. What did I What did I just say? No, he... he, 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 he I'm not going to say the number, but he just got an insane, massive amount of money selling animals to people in Dubai. Oh, like, what... like, think of a number, and then like double it, and that's the well, that's the amount of money. Like the the dude probably made more in that one sale than get he your exporting license if you want to make money <laughs> breeding retics, everyone. But but um, yeah, I mean, I get it though. When you have a lot of stock and you do that, but you can't you can't help but feel for the people that have invested in that project. It's the same thing with the ocelot shit going on right now. I just a year and a half ago, not even a year and a half ago, a year ago. Spent twelve thousand dollars on a male ocelot, and then I had someone message me and said, "Hey, I'll I'll, I'll trade you a female ocelot for a pair of superdwarf head anthrax." I was like, "You know, these are valued at twenty five hundred dollars." He's like, "Yeah," and I was like, "That's what you're valuing a female visual ocelot, poshet albino." That 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 hit me in the stomach, dude. I was like, "Man, this is bad. This is really bad." Not thankful for that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I guess I see your point on that, but do you always want that to be an un, unattainable morph for people? No, I've always said from the get-go that my plan was to make ocelots for everyone. Yeah. Um, but we're talking about one year ago, $12,000 to now 2500 Yeah, but I mean, one year ago, 
the economy was a very different thing. Uh, I mean, not it wasn't a ton better, but but haven't we always preached about the idea like plan to hold back animals? Oh yeah, I'm I'm doing it right now. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like, but but anyways, Lucas's rant of of Thanksgiving giving episode. Um, Give more people ocelots. Make them free, Lucas. <laughs> That'll piss a few people off that I don't care about pissing off. But um, yeah, I think that um, yeah, that hurts a little bit. And, it, and the retake market is delicate, dude, because um, the the big flourish of the Superdorf was was based off of COVID. And that's when a lot there, of people... I mean, there was a bunch of steam before COVID. There was the hype buildup. But when everybody decided, I'm going to breed Superdorfs, they started buying in 2020, 2019, I mean, 2020, 2021. 2015. Bro. <laughs> this is this like, not a lot of people were getting into it as early as, as you were. I would say most of us got into it and even... I wouldn't even say it's early for me in 2018 to get a pure Kaiwati. That's when everyone started opening their eyes as far as like breedable and, and making money. Um, I do this, even though, yes, you can't make money. I mean, my, my <laughs> plan, I mean, when I first got into it, I wasn't like, Oh my God, super dwarfs are going to make me so much money. I bought my purple albino at a stupid low price back in the day because they had no attention on them. But you know, What'd the hype trait. We're not talking about it. Come on, what'd you buy here for? And that's two inside baseball. These, these are we're our not listeners. so back in the day. This, these are our listeners. These aren't our Discord and <laughs> Patreon family. This is, this is the nation. This it's is the ju- world. Lucas told you guys earlier about how we we talk and release some private details about what's going on in our lives in the pre-recordings of the show. Maybe I'll talk about it there one day, Listen, Lucas. No one, no one, no one is going to watch an episode titled "Giving Thanks." <laughs> How much did did Nate spend on that damn purple albino? Is that's what we'll be, title that's, it. That's going to be the thumbnail. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kidding, kidding, not kidding, not kidding, enough. Kidding, was it was it was it over or under a thousand? So moving on, um, <laughs> we're. <laughs> I can't even remember the point now. I'm l- totally lost. I'm diverting so hard that the, my the that my thought has diverted. The market? Oh, you never thought you were going to get rich. You just bought oh, your first Oh, yeah. Animal. Yeah, I bought it at a stupid price just because I was into the animals. So, I, I mean, it, I don't... But you It don't... doesn't hurt me as much to see these animals going for solo sometimes but i don't want it to stay there like i've always said i think any retic that you get should be over a thousand just as a barrier for entry yeah i mean i I want you considering this animal's life pretty seriously when you're buying it more so for mainlands i don't care if it's a mainland normal i can't stand seeing those things at 75 dollars on a sunday at a show yeah it's the um, same thing with Nile monitors and, right. you know, you name it. A yeah, green iguana see, for... Dude, green okay. iguanas will kill you. They, they will hurt you. <laughs> ruthless if, if you get a misbehaved one. Um, but, or work one into being misbehaved. 
Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I... no, I'm not. I'm not going to sugarcoat that. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't like it. Um, but I will say that a lot of the people, even some of the people on our Discord, um, bought into the hype of this is a lucrative. This is an, an investment, and a lot mm-hmm. of people get into. You know, a lot of people keeping ball pythons and and boas, and they hear about the Superdorf market. M- MJ speaks about this publicly, and that happened to him, right? He got into it because of the hype train, and then all of a sudden, like the animals were literally three fourths of what they were worth back when he bought the animals. Um, it sucks, but the economy is going to turn around. Um, the U.S. will be back on the top of the global economy, and <laughs> we'll we'll get there. Have I mentioned you can subscribe to our Patreon? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's hurting. <laughs> um, that's funny. All right, Lucas, to round out the evening, I guess. Um, what are you thankful for in terms of your plans coming up this season? We've kind of already talked about your Solaire eggs. Um, if everything's to pan out, like, what are you looking forward to? <sighs> Superdorf head ocelots, turnate head ocelots, um, 25% Kalatoa, double head ghost annery motleys, um, and pure Philippines. Okay. That, that's what I'm looking forward to. And, and to be honest, man, with the economy and the way animals are moving, if none of those clutches pan out, still thankful cool (laughs) yeah i'm at the point right now where i am okay if again if the slayer is the only clutch i have this year it's my best season of of breeding retics nice how about you um yeah so i'm i'm feeding up for well i'm feeding up for breeding right now um I'm really hoping to finally get something paired to my Annery Poshet uh, Purple Girl that is also 75% Kalatoa, 12.5 Jampea. So uh, trying to prove her out this year will be cool. Uh, I'll also be using a male from my first clutch. He is a Platinum er, platinum Golden Child Sun Tiger Het Snow. Look at so, you. Your first animal production is good. I haven't even reached that stage yet. Yeah. We've read the almost same almost full circle. I wanna I wanna bring it to a female. Yeah, a female so, as well. So I'm still a few years away from that. But er no, I'm really only er. a cup er. Uh I'm a couple years away from that if I decide to keep his sister. Yeah, my calatoes are not growing. I'm nowhere close to getting my 2021 babies to to breed. Yeah, so oh, half circle, not full circle breeding this year, uh, but it, it should be cool. I mean, snow combinations of any of those genes will be beautiful, and they'll be really small animals, so I'm excited for it. Uh, yeah. And then I'm excited for this weekend. I'm going out to a buddy's house. Uh, one of the guys who's responsible for me being into super dwarf retics. He is the sole reason I have that purple behind me. He told me about Eric Lee's post. Oh, yep. Okay. Cool. Um, so Aspen Mahan, uh, Eric Lee, 
those two are the the guys that got me in uh and richard bilbo i i guess as well i mean his animals were at the first gathering that i got to go to and get hands on with these guys but uh he has a tree monitor aspen at home and he's on the way to my mom's house for thanksgiving so of course i'm stopping off over there and you know playing with the tree monitor so that's exciting by the by the time this episode drops nate will have the serotonin boost of the year that unless you get bit I've been and have an allergic for. reaction to the venom and then you're like nope screw these things <laughs> sorry okay i'm okay. sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry that pessimistic be... patty over here has to ruin it no i'm excited for you um that's i know it's a dream animal of yours and even just interacting even if it's not yours is is it's kind of the same way i feel walking into bills no, but I mean, I'm always a little bit reinvigorated after visiting a good friend's collection, whether it be just retics or, you know, whatever it is. It just, you know, I like to see other people's passion too. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's way too many, right? Yeah. I mean, but way too many in the, the reptile world is a very broad and very gray statement. No, I mean, I agree. Um, I got a new dude who's coming over to my place that Sean, this 15-year-old, is showing a 24-year-old the ropes. Um, it's a local guy that just saw the podcast, and he's been interested in retakes. And I was like, hey, come over. And uh, today was a full cleaning day. Hey, he just make there. sure you don't have another incident, okay? What incident? Wait for it. No. What incident? You had an incident at the garage with a visitor. Oh, dude. So make sure you don't have another incident, Lucas. It's not it's not snake related. Okay. Well, uh, it is kind but... of snake related. <laughs> Damn it. Um but um yeah, I asked him straight up. I said, "Hey, I want you to be 100% honest with me." I said, "I'm I'm very serious." when it comes to the well-being of my animals and i said you came on a on the biggest cleaning day of the week right when like we didn't do any prepping i said what was your first thoughts when you came in you looked at all the animals he's like it doesn't smell in here he's like some there was pee there was some poop and we cleaned it he's like your snakes look fine and healthy and i was like okay good i was like i just i I wanted some objective feedback because um well that's that's the marker like does it does it is it unpleasant to go around your animals because of a smell because you haven't cleaned them and is everything healthy and thriving like those are the two markers like just make sure that you're taking care of your animals and if you are you have you have the right amount of reptiles might be you might be able to add more you might not be able to Nope. know your limits i'm at the cusp um I I i know you are I'm at the cusp. I'm right there, and I, I, I've, I've finally learned my limit, and I'm at where I'm at. And so don't message me with your green tree pythons or your retics. I don't want them. I've, this has been a theme throughout the, the life of the retic lounge. But, Lucas, please don't get any more animals. And every time I've said this, <laughs> there's a new animal that comes. So, Lucas, just... Like, I don't know what I need to say differently, but please. There's only one more Condro coming into the collection, but it's a year from now. <laughs> it's it's a year from now. It's a pairing that Bill's doing, and it might not even come to fruition. And if it does, I got to get a Neo. Bill, thank you. I, I can't hope for Bill not to pull through on a clutch, but. And if you, do, I don't even want to. Trying to save Lucas's relationship. 
Um, you know, it's funny. My wife, my wife walked my daughter into the garage and saw the the green tree pythons, like the arus, the green ones, the actual green ones. And she's like, you know, those are a lot harder harder to hide than retakes, right? <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, I knew it was only a matter of time. She's like, yeah, Aspen wanted to go into the garage and see the new green snake. And I was like, excuse me? And so oh, she yeah. Went. We talked about this with uh, on the Zoom call. <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah, so that's what ended up happening. But um, we're still here. I'm alive. I have all my fingers. My penis isn't cut off. We're good. Whoa. Okay. All right. <laughs> we're good. Keep those knives dull. I, I, I don't I, know. I, I survived another one. Okay. Yeah, don't end up as a news story. We've thankful all seen for, how that honestly, pans out. I'm going to end on a sentimental note. Thankful, so <laughs> thankful for my wife who puts up with my bullshit. And um, let me try to round this one out and make it all sweet. Yeah, let me, let me, babe, if you're listening, which you haven't listened to a single episode, thank you for dealing with me. She's smart. <laughs> She's smart. She is. I'd, I'd be in so much trouble if she listened to these. But all right, on that note, Thanks again to our Patreon members and to our sponsors and happy Thanksgiving, everyone. And you guys have an incredible Thanksgiving weekend. Hope you guys eat all the turkey and all the stuffs. And if you guys are listening overseas and you don't know what Thanksgiving is, it, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, Luke. Yeah, Luke. <laughs> See everyone. Yeah.